Hello to all you Sega fans, and welcome to another Sega-sational Sega Goes podcast. I'm Dan, the Mega Driver, aka Swooper D, and here with me, as ever, he's the Pierre Dupont to my Lara Croft. It's James, the Sega-holic. How you doing, mate? <laughs> oh, wee wee. <laughs> uh, I'm good, mate. I've, I've got 90% of my voice back. And I'm back behind the mic, ready to go to talk about some some Sega. It's been far too long. The the very patient people at Radio Sega have been great with us digging into the archive, but we, we couldn't go a third week because, as I said to you earlier, we keep going this long without a new show. We'll be back to the start again, um, and I don't particularly like those early episodes. So the the more we can do to avoid airing those ones, the better. Um, <laughs> I am. Back as, as best I can be, mate. Getting there after a, a bout of, of illness there for two weeks. But uh, aye, how are you? How's yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad, mate. I can't can't really complain. Just all the dramas with work and family and all that lovely stuff. So it's, it's good to get behind the mic again. You, you still sound uh, a little bit ropey, mate, I've got to admit. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guys at Radio Sega have been fantastic. You know, uh, uh, SD and Viper and Twinny. Uh, so uh, hopefully uh, we can get an, a great episode out to them today and I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, um, and it's a good topic as well. I mean, the timing of it is, is quite good. Um, quite quite a, a, a good topic as well. One that we've vented about a wee bit on Twitter as well and, and we'll probably do a bit of venting on this as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're saying about my, my voice there. It's, as I say, I've got the kind of the, the, the husky tones here, mate. I could, well, once I finish recording here, I might go and um, get some extra income on the the 0345 numbers um, I think I might, <laughs> I, I might qualify for for that um, but no it, it should be a good show mate um, and one that I'm looking forward to getting into yeah so I think this is something that we've talked about before is showcasing things that Sega have done first that, that carry on today I think when we first spoke about it, we spoke about a couple of games and we spoke about how Sega has innovated in certain ways. Uh, and I think from a hardware perspective, we'll probably come, to come, to, come back to that in the near future. But I think today's topic, especially considering that the date that this will be airing on Radio Sega will be October the 15th, the day after this game's launch, uh, although several weeks after the UK launch of this game, quite a famous one, quite a big one. So first on Sega... It is the original Tomb Raider, so I'm look, looking forward to talking about this one, mate. Yes, and uh, again, it's one of those ones where, you know, as time passes, people, you know, maybe forget again just because of maybe association, um, you know, through a lot of the 90s, the late 90s, um, you know, it did become quite a synonymous brand with with PlayStation. You know, Lara Croft became sort of a kind of pseudo mascot for for Sony in certain ways on the PlayStation One, but a lot of people maybe forget, and judging by the response to to the tweets that went out and uh, that we will talk about, um, you know, a lot of people have forgotten that, that this game 
and it may have only been for three and a half weeks or so, but this game was originally a, a Sega Saturn title. Um, so Sega had it out there first. There was, again, things we'll go into later on in the show. The, the sequel was, was planned to come out on the Saturn as well and didn't happen, and we'll go into the reasons um, for why that didn't happen later on as well. But yeah, first on Sega, again, a brand synonymous with, with PlayStation up until it, it did return to Sega on the Dreamcast, but it is, of course, Tomb Raider. The original Tomb Raider, still one of the most pioneering 3D adventure games of, of the mid-90s. It set a trend, you know, atmospheric music, great settings, devilishly difficult puzzles at times, um, gruesome deaths, you know, up there with the kind of the Indiana <laughs> Jones style, you know, he walks in a cave and he sees a skull with a arrow through it or something or a spear it's like you know that those times you missed those jumps and <laughs> that was you um going back to your your checkpoint to start again so yeah just it was a, a brilliant game um some people say it's not aged great um other people i think again if you've got that kind of nostalgic pull towards it and you played it the day that if you go back to it you've got those kind of memories flooding back it does still play quite well um the controls are very, very different to what you would have today with analog sticks and multiple shoulder pads and things like that as well, you know, bumpers and triggers and stuff. So yeah, um one of one of the Saturn's um definitely better titles, uh, and one that was an exclusive even if it was for just under a month. Yeah, absolutely. I mean I think the the word that you used there, pioneering. I mean, I remember when I first saw the magazine previews and we'll, we'll get to those in a sec, but it really was a game that looked like no other. And I think we were, what, a, a year into the generation in, uh, or just over a year into the generation in the West. Obviously, we're getting near to the second year in Japan. But I think true 3D games of that type were pretty much few and far between. Uh, you had your Mario 64 that had only just launched in Japan um, that had everyone very excited. But you didn't really have too much on on the Saturn or the PlayStation uh, until this. And I remember seeing those first images uh, absolutely blew me away because it was yeah it was quite like anything else I'd seen. Just the the scale and the scope and just that you could see the. the, uh, I mean, we we can talk about the initial preview that I saw. Uh, I sent you the the link to the to the Mean Machine Sega Mag. that the first preview was in and then it, it dawned on me that I'd actually had that magazine. <laughs> um, it, was, it was, it was a bit odd, but they've got like cutouts of the, of the, of the maps on there. And just it, the, the, the detail of that is like a six page preview. And they're obviously extremely excited about it. There's a chart later on in the magazine where they talk about how hyped they are, what the most hyped game is. And obviously Tomb Raider at the time was number one um, above nights into dreams. Interestingly enough, um, wow. which yeah, I know. Which Nights yeah, into Dreams hadn't even come out into in the UK at this point. So this is how uh, early this preview is in in that respect. Um, quite funny because Nights into Dream come into the UK last, but Tomb Raider went to the UK first. So, <laughs> but uh, anyway, as I was saying, um, that preview just the you know had close ups of the the beasts, like you see the wolves and 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 the bears. Um, that that you could see, you know, the combat system, and it was talking in detail all these box outs of all these brilliant things about the game. And yeah, as I say, I I had this magazine, and uh, I didn't even have a Sega Saturn at this point. I was mainly buying Me Machine Sega for their Mega Drive content. 
but uh, I do remember pouring over all the Saturn stuff in this particular issue. I remember bits like the yeah, the how to unlock Akuma in X-Men Children of the Atom and all that sort of stuff, but it was this massive six-page Tomb Raider spread uh, that absolutely blew me away, and I, I, I knew that something we were in for something special. But uh, when was the first time you saw it, mate? Did you catch it in any previews or anything like that? I mean, maybe the Sega Saturn magazine at the time. Again, and this is the point. I didn't get my own Saturn until you know, like the Christmas '96, as I said before. So, I was still playing, you know, on my, my uncle's system at that time, and, and he did subscribe to the like, Sega Saturn magazine. Um, so he was getting that regularly. So, kind of like previews in there, I would have seen it in that. In terms of when I first seen it in the flesh, I mean, he did buy it. But I would be a liar if I tried to pin it down to an exact time frame. I don't know if he bought it in that kind of exclusivity window. I mean, at that point, he was pretty much, he was buying all the kind of big titles. As I say, I managed to kind of somehow con him into buying Sega Rally and, and Virtua Fighter 2 back-to-back in successive weeks um, in early 96. I was quite proud of that. Two trips to beaties, I was two for two. Um, <laughs> but I can't, I can't pin an exact date as to when I first played Tomb Raider, but... He did buy it. Um, I just remember that lovely glossy cover, the kind of the, the artwork with you know she's got the kind of sultry look and the kind of brown background with the kind of the motifs on the wall and that kind of thing. So it's a gorgeous, gorgeous cover. Um, but I it was just the word that you used there, mate, was was scale. Um, and when it comes to scale, I think that that's one thing Tomb Raider did really, really well in that it starts you off in quite a kind of claustrophobic setting. Um, and then it's just the way it kind of generally and slowly opens up. You know, you, you know yourself, you come through that first bit, you run by the weekend, the darts are popping out the wall, you go around and she kind of looks up to the left to give you a hint to climb up there. Um, and you can go up, there's a wee hidden area, you have to kind of use the kind of the higher, there's like a kind of slope of snow in the left hand corner. And if you jump up too far to the right, she can't grab the ledge. So you need to actually use the snow drift to catch right onto the far left hand um, ledge, you go up there, there's a couple of bats on a medipack and you can come back down and continue your, your path round but it's just the way that the, that, that scale that you mentioned it, everything just seems to open up you know, you, you finish that first stage and you come through and it's like in a weak and a dingy area um, again there's some bats in the distance and a kind of tunnel and then as you go round then the, the wolves attack you and that kind of do, 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 that music kicks in oh yeah um, and you kind of get a fright as well whenever that kicks in because all you're getting is a kind of ambient sound. It's either her noises from, you know, rolling or grabbing things or picking things up um, or her weapons or just her footsteps or the noises of any kind of fluttering of bats' wings or anything like that. And then that music kicks in and you get a bit of a fright and it, it you know, guns out and, and start going. But each, each kind of bit you go through, it just seems to get grander and grander. I mean, the level... That, that sticks in my mind is the Swords of Damocles. I mean, that, that level yeah. just blew me away in terms of the puzzle and the, the scale of the setting of that level was just phenomenal. So, I mean, just scale-wise, that word you used there was scale. Uh, the, the, for a game that started off in such a basic, claustrophobic, small, little kind of corridor, 
and it just gradually grows and grows. And then, you know, the, 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 the valley with the raptors, and then you come down and the T-Rex appears, and then, Jesus, you've got to run away for that and use one of the weekend of side caverns to get up and round on to left to try and take it out from above. And, oh, just the scale's insane. Um, so, I mean, in terms of, of when I first played it, I can't, I can't pin a, an exact date down on it, but um, previews in, let's say, a Saturn magazine, I've definitely seen them in there. Um, and then just... Again, there was a demo disc as well, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. That's why that's why one of the things that I've got in the show notes because yeah. it's it's quite amusing, mate. Because you and I both got our Sega Saturns around about the same time in spookily similar circumstances, as we always say. Um, similar bundles as well. Yeah, very similar bundles, very similar <laughs> games. <laughs> um, but yeah, because we got them around the same time, we got we would have both got ours after the initial release of the original Tomb Raider. Because as I say, when I saw that that Sega, uh, Mean Machine Sega preview, which has got these really cool kind of, they're like they're like PC drawings of uh, Lara Croft. There's an odd one here with her holding two decapitated heads, which is uh, <laughs> fairly interesting. They take a screenshot of that and, and put it out on, on the Twitter just for after this episode goes out, mate. Just... <laughs> that's, it, mate. That's, our, that's our episode cover, isn't it, right there? That, I would change the album art. There we go. That's it. We'll change it for iTunes. <laughs> Explicit content. <laughs> but yeah, as I say, I got this magazine when I was... Uh, as a Mega Drive gamer, as a Mega Drive owner, um, who wanted a Saturn and was saving up for a Saturn, was keenly interested in all the Saturn stuff. Um, so that's why I still get Mean Machine Sega. Um, but I didn't get one until months after. I mean, this is the August issue, I believe, of Mean Machine Sega, um, which meant it would it would have come out in you know June or July time in in the UK. Um, so I didn't get one till mine till November. By that point, the Tomb Raider had been and gone, and obviously it was it'd been on the PlayStation by that point. But uh, yeah, it's interesting you say about the demo disc because that was where I actually first got my hands on the game because I the demo disc wasn't on Sega Saturn magazine. It was actually something that Dean Mortlock wrangled at Saturn Power to get the core design demo CD. Which was a which was a pretty pretty stonking demo disc to be honest. It had some it had some wicked obviously it had the ill fated um, sample of uh, fighting force on there. I believe it had Swagman on there as well. It was a cracking demo CD, but it had the first that first level like the the opening level on of Tomb Raider, and uh, I remember having it. And obviously, I only had three four games at the time on, on the Saturn. And I remember just playing that demo over and over and over and over again until I, I could get absolutely everything in there. I could find all the secrets and everything like that because I'd played that single level so much. But um, yeah, it's uh, is that one that you picked up then, mate? That, that Saturn Power demo disc? Yeah, I remember playing that demo um, quite vividly as well. Just that first level. And, and it was it was a, a quite a kind of coup to, to get that, that on there. Um, you know, a, a title of that size to get that first kind of level on there. Um, and again, it was just, it was that kind of showcase to, to just see, again, if you look back at it now, I mean, the way 3D is now, I mean, there's, there's kind of clipping and there's kind of warping of polygons and stuff. And that's just kind of characteristic of, of early, you know, mid-90s 3D games. But, man, at the time, it was just, to actually be able to, to run into what was essentially a, a kind of open world um, 
in full 3D and you could look around and, you know, full 360 and camera panned and you could roll and look behind you and uh, it just, it really was, it was crazy, crazy to, to see that level of, of scale and detail in a 3D environment. It was definitely something that you'd never, ever seen before in, in console gaming. It was mind-blowing. Yeah, and you know, it's it stands in a stark contrast. I think someone put a tweet out about it the other day. In you know, how did people play this game? There's no objective markers. There's no <laughs> there's no <laughs> linear path. I mean, it's it's the more that, I, that sounds that sounds awful. Like a certain retro gaming YouTuber <laughs> newcomer who does ten things I hate about and complains that you know I don't like checkpoints on Sega Rally. I don't like that the final boss on Power Stone is difficult. It's like, <laughs> how how dare games have a challenge? You know, it's... <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, I, I saw it. It's like, how do people cope with this? But the game is masterful. It really is. I mean, you've talked about, you know, how you come in and it's cinematic and it does feel very much like an Indiana Jones ad- cinematic adventure because you're running through and you've got the darts whizzing past you and yeah as you say she cranes her neck up to give you a hint as to where you need to go uh and that's it's, i mean it's impeccable game design from that perspective because it's it's showing you how you explore the area how you approach things and how you move and it's wonderful because then you know obviously you, you go through what's more of a linear path and then everything kind of opens up and it's it the scale just increases you're you know in this temple and then that, that temple opens up and then you, you you've got that fantastic section where you've got to jump over some gaps and there's a bear roaming around underneath ground and that you're in, oh, <laughs> that's geez. right yeah the, the amount of times that bastard mauled me i tell you what <laughs> I still I, that, that that growl is in my head <laughs> It's <laughs> the thing as well, but I used to stand like again. I, I get caught out because you had to hold in one of the buttons to, to obviously enable it to walk. And if you walked to an edge, you wouldn't fall off. But that's one part where so many times I didn't, I, I didn't kind of time it to let go, just to stop pushing up on the D pad before I had let go of the <laughs> the, the button. <laughs> and, and one step became a jog whoop, straight over the edge <laughs> and I and then you're kind of frantically running about and this thing's just like, <laughs> it's like it's, there's a 15 year old James Shankly sell a polygon bear running at him you know oh it was mate it was, it was terrifying <laughs> and he like more you and hot laugh of Laura. I used to cock that <laughs> I used to cock that jump up all the time. It had to, to be almost perfect. There's a little ramp that you could get up, but that 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 bear would just—he was merciless, absolutely merciless. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that was that was bad enough. And I think there's a safe point there, so it's like a checkpoint. So you aye, there is, that's that. right. Aye. Aye, there's and a wee kind of the wee diamond, the wee save diamonds there. And that's it. And then you get through that, and then you you know. It opens up again, and you're in this, you know, this jungle underground, and then you see see these raptors, and all of a sudden, a bloody T Rex starts charging. You know, and it was just, you know, <laughs> what, what, what? There, there was nothing, no experience quite like it, and and it's not linear. It's not like, um, I mean, games like Uncharted. They people say that Uncharted is like a homage to Tomb Raider. It's nothing like it. Uncharted cinematic and almost feels on the rails sometimes. It's so linear, but Tomb Raider is just these huge places to explore 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no, there was, there was a path to get through the level, but you could deviate from it and take as long as you wanted. You know, there's secrets to find, and I mean, the, the one thing we haven't touched on at that first level, the kind of latter part of it, and me and you have spoken about this so many times, but how much did your jaw hit the floor when you jumped in that wee square of water in the middle of the the stage? Mate, I used to jump in there just just to <laughs> Same. let my mouth open because and and you know this is this is that that was a certain exclusive water water effect. It wasn't on the PC and it wasn't on the PS One. It was that water effect is only in the Sega Saturn version and it's absolutely gorgeous. That's brilliant. Uh, the, the way that all the you know all the background like ripples and fractures and the water, it's it, I mean it just seems so just so flat and static on the other versions. Um, and I know, obviously, the Saturn version probably has some technical shortcomings compared to the others, but uh, I'd be damned if that water, water effect. Oh, you know, it's... I, I worth playing it just for that on its own. Because you know yourself, it's like you, you, you just see that wee kind of stone square and then the water's kind of rippling on the, on, on the surface there. And then you kind of jump in and it's a big tunnel that goes away down and you need to turn around the corner and, there's obviously the kind of the lever you need to pull to open the, the hatch at the other end as well and as you're swimming through it's all glistening and rippling and there's the kind of wee shards of light that's kind of coming through from that kind of top bit as well with the, the square oh just at that time you'd never seen water in a game like it no you really hadn't you really hadn't it was uh it was stunning stuff mate but uh i was looking through some of the development you know history on this one and uh you know it's it was originally planned as a 3D game because of the PlayStation's 3D focus. So, I mean, it was developed on both platforms. But Sega, obviously, as we'll get to a little bit later, they paid for the exclusivity. But um, what I did notice and what it's what's quite amazing to me is the fact that everything in this game is handled solely by VDP-1. It doesn't use VDP-2 at all. Seriously? Whatsoever. So, yeah, it's uh, which is pretty insane. You know, for that single graphics processor for the Saturn to work, you think, yeah, you think most of the most of the good work that you know the good 3D work, you think of your your Panzer Dragoons, uh, your Virtua Fighter twos, and you know Last Bronx, and all the games mm-hmm. that look absolutely insane on on the Saturn are all use VDP two pretty heavily, um, and Tomb Raider seems to, you know, complete not, not use it at all. Which I think is mind-boggling. Yeah, because whenever you think it, you know, especially of, of the kind of the draw distance. I mean, it's not as if you're, you're kind of you're, there's not any kind of like popping, or it's not as if it, certain levels. <coughs> excuse me, will, will use kind of shadow, and all the kind of the, the initial levels will use a kind of like a shadow further in in the distance, and then it kind of fades in as you run towards it. But that effect looks good because it's in caves and things like that. But um, it's still a decent distance out in front of you, so yeah, for not to be using VDP two and to be getting that level of of detail in the distance is is crazy. That's that's insane. Yeah, just sometimes. I, I mean, I think it's a fantastic game. I think it's gorgeous, and there's something about the the Saturn version that I absolutely love and prefer, and probably because that is the version that I played, you know, back when I was a teen. Um, but whether it's you know roasting the spectacles or whether it's just you know nostalgia um 
there's something about the Saturn version that I love over the other ones. Uh, and but then part of me thinks if if it used VDP two, you know, how much better could it have been? You know, if we if we use VDP two to map some of the flaws or something to allow that the geometry to be cal- more geometry to be calculated up front, or maybe uh, improve the frame rate or anything like that. So pretty astonishing, really, um, that it didn't use VDP two at all. So yeah, I found that pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, obviously we had the preview and. It came out in the UK, 25th of October. So, 25 years old <laughs> as of as of last month. Uh, where, where the hell has that time gone? I know we keep saying that these <laughs> these anniversaries keep coming thick and fast. Aye. Somebody hit the pause button, please. I know. <laughs> it's like we've got the 20th anniversary of Xbox coming tomorrow as well. Well, in the US anyway. Um, it's not until March next year for us, but. I mean, these anniversaries are ridiculous. It's like, how how are we getting so old so fast? <laughs> I'll tell you what, mate. Those five years between Tomb Raider launching and the re- launch of the first Xbox, why does that feel like 30 years compared to... <laughs> <laughs> I, never mind the launch of the first Xbox, man. Like, the, the time between the first Tomb Raider and getting my hands on a, on a Dreamcast... Felt like an eternity, and now it's like it's like Dot Brown's just decided to shove us in his DeLorean and take us for <laughs> Marty. I'm gonna take you forward 20 years. <laughs> no, Doc, just take me back, mate. Take yeah. me back. <laughs> oh, mate, the, the, we remember those times so fondly because we were playing so much Sega Saturn. That's what it is. That's what it is, mate. That's <laughs> that's that we were. We were playing the creme de la creme. We were the only ones that knew. Everybody else was playing that thing called a PlayStation. <laughs> More fool them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only they knew. In fact, well, it seems like people get people are getting on board now. But um, yeah, we're we're you when we needed you. <laughs> <laughs> but Delia Smith, Delia Smith, yeah. <laughs> Let's be where, where are you? <laughs> where are you? It's all right. You can go and pay 140 quid for a game now. That's a brilliant, unbelievable. But yeah. aye, it's good it's getting this recognition now, but it would have been nice if people had given it a chance. But I mean, we were in school whenever it came out. I mean, we all remember the the stuff in school. You had the, the console wars in person in school weren't quite as, as toxic as what you get on social media now, but uh, it was, you still had some element of it. If you, if you get a PlayStation, no, I've got a Sega Saturn. <laughs> you weren't taking me. You weren't taking. No, I really don't. <laughs> I have Virtua Fighter. I am very happy. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so someone's trying to tell me that I want to crash Bandicoot. Well, I really don't. <laughs> no, still, still don't. My wife, my wife absolutely loves it. Same. Um, yeah, I, she's, I, she's she's daft on it. Yeah, we got the uh, the insane trilogy. Uh, mm-hmm. Was it last Christmas? Um, Oh, God say, it drives me nuts, that game. I really don't have a good time playing it at all. Mate, I'll give you some funny trivia about Crash Bandicoot. See the noise whenever you collect the B-mask? It goes, ooga booga. Yeah. Right, <laughs> that's the noise my wife makes to give me a fright. <laughs> she actually, she's got me on camera from like years ago whenever she hid around the corner. Um, as, a, as a hell of a tangent. Um, she hid around the corner and filmed me on her phone. <laughs> I walks in the living room and she's behind the curtain. She jumps out and goes, ooga booga. And <laughs> I'll literally hit the ceiling and shout, Jesus fucking Christ. 
Oh, it's, that, that gets rolled out. I get embarrassed by that at like family get-togethers and stuff, Christmases and birthdays and stuff. So, aye. That, that's the, the Crash Bandicoot legacy is that it's the noise that my wife uses to give me a fright. Yeah, mate. Oh, mate. You, it's understandable because it's not so much the jump scare that's got you. It's the fact that it's PlayStation. That's what's got you. Aye. You know, if she jumped out from behind the curtain saying two ninety nine, it would have been even worse. Aye. <laughs> if she jumped out from behind the couch going, easy right, maybe. <laughs> maybe a different story. <laughs> Right, hey baby, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no, booga booga, fucking oh. PlayStation noises. Yeah. Oh, but uh, anyway, mate, Tomb Raider. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, we both missed the launch, not having the consoles ourselves at the time. So you you first had a go at your at your uncles, but yes. did you did you pick it up yourself while you had your Saturn? You know, while the while the console was in its. Was no, I just stole his. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just lifted this. That was a wee in the bag. That was one, one, one visit. I'm not going to notice what's missing. Laughing, I'm borrowing this. Excuse me. It's got in the bag. I never seen it again. Um, I just took that copy. Um, I just that, that became mine. Um, so I just, again, as I said, the, the cover on it's beautiful. Uh, and I, I love those those certain pal cases. I know they did a bit of a pain where they wouldn't kind of close properly. The kind of wee vacuum effect between the tab and the the slot kind of lost its its grip and stuff like that. But I, I love those cases. Uh, they were they were brilliant. But I just I said I never bought it for myself. I just I just left it as copy. Yeah, they all they all love me, mate. Um, yeah, the pal version. I didn't. Uh, I actually got the US version. When I started import, so I didn't pick up my copy of Tomb Raider till 1998. I was still paying that Saturn Power demo disc. <laughs> <laughs> that, for that long? Yeah, well, yeah, I, did. I, I don't know why, but the, you know, I I was aware of it and I was hyped for it. You know, going back to that Mean Machine Sega issue, I was like, oh, this looks amazing. And obviously, first thing I got with my Sega Saturn was Daytona USA Sega Rally Virtual Fire 2. Um, then Christmas, I got Virtual Cop 2, and my brother got Sega Worldwide Soccer 97. And then I was a sort of a trickle of games. What a selection. Year. What yeah. a selection. Yeah, well, the next game I bought was Panzer Dragoon's Fire because, you know, <laughs> as amazing as that Tomb Raider demo was on the Saturn Power Disc, when I played the Panzer Dragoon's Fire demo on the Sega Flash Volume 1. That was it. <laughs> I, was, I was in love instantly. <laughs> so it became the next priority. So I didn't, I didn't actually pick up Tomb Raider till, till a lot later. Um, I'd had my Saturn region modified then. And so that's why I've got my, I've got a US copy. Uh, and I think it was like a tenner. I got it in a, the old computer exchange, Rathbone Street uh, in London. Jeez. Um, and yeah, that's where I played most of it. And yeah, I've still got that copy today. That's that's my original copy that I got. So great version and plays really well at sixty hertz. And I think, if I understand right, I think there was quite a few bugs in the end because obviously Sega paid for the exclusivity to get the early launch uh, back in October. Whereas at the time when this will be airing on Radio Sega, the Saturn and PlayStation versions of Tomb Raider. Uh, both launched on the 14th of October, which would have been yesterday, if you're listening to this on Radio Sega now. Um, 
So I believe that the the US version has some bug fixes, but uh, I've got both the PAL and US copies now, and I I don't think I've noticed any difference. No, I mean I've I've obviously got my my own Saturn kind of sixty hertz switched as well, so it's the the PAL version that I've got on on my Fenrir, but I mean it runs at sixty hertz, and I don't don't see any kind of issues with it, any kind of glitches or anything like that. So it seems to kind of accept being forced into 60 quite fine um the pal version i mean I've, I've never tried the us version um i mean if, if you're saying you've tried both of them and there's nothing quite apparent in there in terms of kind of bug fixes and maybe it's just kind of your optimizations or tweaks under the hood that they've done as opposed to anything that's kind of glaring like putting a missing mountain back in and see a valley <laughs> hey man the mountains missing put it back in <laughs> some motherfucker moved our mountains <laughs> Resident SD's gonna make it off he's not like he's swearing again. <laughs> it's like that shaman song, isn't it? Move any mountain. <laughs> I can move, move, move any mountain and put it back in the power release. Um I <laughs> just put your put your mountain back. So I don't know. It may just be, be kind of tweaks and optimizations if you're saying there's nothing kind of leaping out at you that um I mean, is any of the kind of, but, but you know, there's kind of wee areas where they slow down that that kind of first level again. Um, the bit you you kind of go through the door, uh, and there's is it two or three rope bridges, and there's wolves beneath you. Yeah. yeah. As you walk through into that area, the slowdown is quite the frame rate tanks at that part that point. So I don't know if maybe if you play that in the US version, is is maybe that a wee bit more optimized from from what the PAL version is. Um, that may be a kind of good area to test to see if they have done any kind of cleaning up, but yeah, it's um, uh, it's that that slowdown is still there. It's still oh, well, aggressive. It's so. I mean, when we were talking about this game on Twitter, and there was you know there's there was quite a lot of discourse around the Sega Saturn version, and you get people saying, "Oh yeah, well the Saturn version in the UK was rushed to release and it was full of bugs." But I've got to be honest. I've I've had the PAL version for a few years now. Uh, it was if well the PAL version. We, <laughs> the PAL version isn't mine. It was originally my sister's, but then her Sega Saturn died, and I inherited her stuff. Um, <laughs> so, but I've had that copy for years, and I've never noticed anything game breaking, anything apparent. Mm. Just just uh, from what I can see, it plays identically to to the US version that I got very way back in nineteen ninety eight. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, Challenging game though. What's the furthest you've got in it? Eh, the last level whenever you're getting the parts of the ski on, and it's a kind of red and gold room with kind of gates all around you, and there's big frigging boulders that, ch- that chase you down the, the ramp, <laughs> proper Indiana Jones style. I've never finished it, but that's that room's as far as I got, and um, which I think's pretty near the end uh, there's one other stage maybe two other stages after that um, but I just that's just fine, I remember getting squashed, you've got to, I think you, you run up you pull a lever and as you pull it you've got to hit the, the roll button straight away and start sprinting and I could never time I just kept getting squashed and, yeah. and caught by that big stupid ball um, so I, I remember that room because I think if I remember as well, did they, does one of the gates not open and Raptors come out of it? Oh, that, I can't I can't recall. Uh, is it Raptors or are you fighting like the alien things at that point? Oh, I can't mind. That's right, because I've, I've seen that there's... It goes all kind of wacky, the, the kind of last level. 
Yeah, it, that, it all goes a bit mad, doesn't it? Uh, no, I, I never, I never got as far as fighting aliens. I know that that's that room. It was a square room, and it was red, and it had gold trim, and there was gates, and there was like a, a ramp you run up. You pull that lever, and then that boulder chases you. And if you manage to avoid it, I'm sure as you pull another lever, it opens up a gate, and you can back in the room. And there's these red raptors just appear the same ones that were in the, yeah, the T Rex yeah. level. Um, so I, that's about as far as I got. I've never finished it. Um, maybe that's something I should should try and do to add to my backlog that I keep <laughs> making worse. Not just because of Game Pass, but just by either modding retro systems and adding ODEs or buying more retro systems. <laughs> well, you've been on a roll recently. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it, mate, honestly. OG Xbox. Woohoo! <laughs> more stuff to play. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep adding to that backlog, mate. <laughs> mate, I, I'm, I'm running out of space to, to put them. I've, I've, I've literally nowhere on that TV unit. I started off with like my Series S and my Dreamcast and my Saturn. And then you sent me the Mega Drive just before I got the Series S. So my, my, my 1S went away. Series S came in. You sent me a Mega Drive. So that was up to four. Then I inherited the 360 that the guy that we bought this house from left. 360 Elite. Then... I got a 360 Slim and now I've got an OG Xbox. <laughs> so I have two shelves and five consoles. <laughs> and that, that shit don't fit. <laughs> so I um, and the OG Xbox would take up a shelf on its own, be the tank. Um, so I, I'm, I'm adding to my own backlog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you might find some time for, for Tomb Raider in there. Um, you got further than me though, mate. At least, well, I did see the credits roll. I I have finished it, albeit I uh, I, I cheated. Did <laughs> <laughs> you use an action replay or something to get to the end? I'm pretty sure uh, it's been a while since I did it, but I'm pretty sure there are level skip codes in it. Um, oh, mate, codes, right? <laughs> codes, <laughs> right. Anybody listening to this, now's your time to, to fess up. Who tried to do the wannabe nude cheat dance? <laughs> fess up, me and Sam tried it. Sitting you know there arguing with each other. <laughs> What's that? You're doing it really you doing it wrong. My lover, you gotta get with my friend. <laughs> Fucking press X. <laughs> <laughs> It's sidestep to the left. <laughs> I want to see me some titties. <laughs> Them triangle boobies. <laughs> Polygonal tits. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I I always knew that they those cheats were nonsense. So I never... But there was like a, a PlayStation one with a Game Shark or something, wasn't there? Oh, okay. I just remember it was printed and it was saying a Saturn magazine printed it for a laughing beef, but I will try it, man. Let's see. <laughs> Gullible 15 year olds <laughs> rampaged with hormones. Oh, yeah. Well, we knew that age. Gillian <laughs> Anderson posters in the wall. <laughs> uh, what times, mate? Honestly. Oh, uh, yeah. As I say, as it... <laughs> Oh, so as I said, it feels like only yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. 
Thankfully it's not, but I no, kind of behave no, right enough. No. That's one thing you're quite grateful. You look back, 42 years old, you're sad wee. Well, yeah, I know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a bit frowned upon if you were sharing it on social media now, wouldn't it? I'm trying, to get level skip. I'm trying to get the Laura Naked code in. So somebody putting it up there. Uh, can someone please help me with the Lara Croft nude cheat, please? <laughs> I can't seem to type it properly. <laughs> Take a video making shows what you're doing. <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> dear, oh dear. Um, but yeah, uh, there is a level skip code, mate. If you That one does work, unlike the nude cheat. Um, <laughs> uh, I might have to... I might have to um, Try the old level skip because I'd like to at least get back to that stage that I was at and see if I can get by that. But again, yeah, um, it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. This game. Oh, I, it's, it's it's. I mean, people that mean complain about it being being tough. I mean, it's games are very kind of. Is that that whole thing where people slag folk for playing on easy and stuff? And I play games on easy and right because I just want the story. Um, and I mean, but I don't have time to sit and try and beat the same bit level or beat the same boss 40 times because I've got it on, you know, very hard. I mean, see these people that put up, you know, achievements. The boy Ben Dude that I talked to that's yeah, yeah. mates with, with Darren as well, that my, my pal Darren, um, and, and he's finished, like, the MCC on, like, was it Legendary? The kind of, I mean, yeah. fair, fair play to the boy, right? Fair play to him. I couldn't do that. <laughs> I've, I've played MCC... And I play it on like easy. I just want the story. <laughs> um, but back then, it, it was still the very old school. Whereas the games giving you a challenge, the puzzles were they were they were devilish at times. The puzzles, um, and they made you think. You know, you put that block there, you know, to activate that switch. Then you had to move it over there. I mean, the sword of Damocles one that I mentioned as well. Um, that's that's a brilliant level. Um, obviously, the, the kind of the legend of the swords hanging above and things like that, and you've got to obviously time what panels on the floor do you walk onto so that you don't activate the swords to come down. If you pick the wrong one, then sword comes down, impaled, gone, deed. Um, and it's, I, it really did make you think it wasn't just a third person take the guns out and and shoot some wolves and bats and dinosaurs. No. It really. <laughs> There was action elements, but it really did have everything. It had exploration, it had action, it had suspense, but a thriller in there as well, you know, with the kind of uh, uh, with the bear. bear <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you know, and it did, it, the, the puzzles were brilliant. Um, it really did make you think you could go one minute from guns blazing to having to actually use, use your nut to actually figure out how the hell am I going to open this door? It was like being in the crystal maze at times, wasn't it? Draw <laughs> <laughs> the crystal dome! <laughs> yeah, I, I would have been, I would have been locked in there with the crystal if it was. If it was I mean, I'd have been locked in. <laughs> Get you'd, have been, you'd have been sitting outside with your harmonica. <laughs> Everyone else in the money bin. Uh, talk, talking to Mumsy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's only a certain audience are going to get these references man I love this shit honestly 
That's what it's all about, though, mate. It's all about oh, going back to that I've era. That's honestly, that's superb. <laughs> oh, brilliant. It's, this is what it is, mate. It's a time machine back to the back to the nineties. That's that, mate. Eh? When, when things were simpler. And, and That's what we should have called honest. the podcast. Not to say, guys, back to the nineties. <laughs> 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 oh, but it's a good comparison, mate. You know, it was you really had to. You did have to think. You know, the puzzles were absolutely brilliant. Yeah, they were. It's like puzzles these days. And again, it comes to what we were talking about: the, the scale of it all. The, you know, you've got enormous rooms where the whole the, the whole area is the puzzle. Whereas these days. I just don't find puzzles and games as engaging as they were in Tomb Raider, and I think because a lot of it is signposted and stuff, it's it's just not as not as interesting. Although, as I say, I did I did cheat in the end. I think because um, I could I could get through. Is it Peru, the first area? Um, I could get through that fairly easily, but um, once I got to Greece, uh, it all went to pot. I think I got to Egypt once. Uh, and I think my my battery died in my <laughs> onboard storage, and I sat and I lost the save. And oh I forgot, no! <laughs> I forgot how to get through um, one of the levels in in Greece, and I was like, you know what? what, what there's a cheat somewhere. Here we go. X X Y X Y X X Y Z or something. What? I said, skip, skip. Oh, I'm going to try this level. No, too hard. Skip. skip, skip. <laughs> <laughs> See the ending. That's it. That's done. Next. <laughs> I finished it, yes. <laughs> Went all Reggie Cree there, didn't I? I've fi- finished your fucking game. <laughs> I've seen your credits. I don't need to see this anymore. It's Bill and Boyce, if he... <laughs> Feel the films and horses. Hello there, Del Boy. I've finished your game. You think um, you're good at Tomb Raider, do you, Del Boy? <laughs> <laughs> you used a bloody cheat code, you plonker. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Uh, references are coming thick and fast today, man. Oh, Sorry. mate, that's, uh, I'm only drinking iron brew, man. I feel like I should be having ciders and stuff. I'm having it, <laughs> Oh, for, for next time. Oh, but yeah, I still I still go back to it a lot. Uh, even when I even when I cheated my way through it, I'd go back mainly do those Peru levels before my little brain starts falling to pieces in the, in the later ones. But, uh, God, uh, I'm feeling See, like I'm... That, that, that's why I don't really... I'm a bit scared to go back to it, because my 15-year-old brain wasn't good enough to figure out half the puzzles. So <laughs> how's the 42-year-old version? <laughs> I ain't been playing no brain training. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't... We certainly are stumped. I think it might need to be level cheats for me as well, mate, if I do go back to it. That's the thing, isn't it? You, you know, you're trying to fight. You, you're like, okay, I'm in this room. You know, where's the waypoint? Where's the markers? Right, all right. Press start. Where's the Where's the mini map? That's got that's got that's some indicators on there. Hi, <laughs> no, no wee diamond in the in, in the distance of the screen where a meter's counting down to show you that you're getting closer to something. <laughs> you know, no arrow kind of changing direction to kind of guide you in the way, you know, minimap, as you say, that was it. You were literally left on your Todd. Um, pretty much like the situation that the character was in. You were yeah. thrown into the wilderness and left to deal with it. And that's why it was so, that's why it is, it still is amazing to play um, because it's so immersive like that. You know, the only thing that you've got on hard is your life bar, which only really populates when, 
when you're actually in combat because when you're not in combat i'm pretty sure the whole screen is 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 just you know the character it's just the scene you haven't yep. got a hud on there yep. uh, so, and as i said you know earlier it's it's masterful the way that it's laid out it's such a, a it's so well played out it's so it's it's so cinematic without trying to be you know bombastic hollywood nonsense or you know the sort of stuff that we see these days you walk forward you get a cutscene, or you go through a huge <laughs> tutorial or, <laughs> or you have some sort of someone everyone everyone in everything these days seems to have a radio in their ear as well of someone talking into it you know if, right. if, if, if it was today and lara croft was like she went into that first tunnel she'd be running down there and then it would stop and it'd be like hey lara you see those things there they're arrows. You better watch where you're running through there, and then you run through them, and then it will stop. And go. You see that ledge up there? Press X to climb up the ledge. <laughs> you can use Y and Z to sidestep. <laughs> so the the wee tour guide for Jurassic Park. And... <laughs> it's a baby dinosaur. <laughs> you can climb up there and get to that medipack. I'm there. A medipack replenishes your health. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. But that's what things are like now. Um, well, you're, you're led by the hand, isn't it? It's like, yeah. I mean, you're talking about the worst tutorial ever in a modern game for me still is Gears 4. That that just destroyed I'm like, I'm, I know how to play this game. I've played the first three. I know what I'm doing. I don't need to be shown how to shoot. I don't need to be shown how to melee. Let me skip it. <laughs> It's like stop teaching me like a child. Yeah, I, uh, I, that the first that that game was rough for the first half. Oof. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm a right. massive, massive Gears fan. I see. Uh, that was. But, uh, let's shoot some robots. <laughs> yeah, that was just finished from. But it's uh, it's it's refreshing. They're going back to Tomb Raider, but uh, I think it's one of those ones where. As much as I'd love to sit there and just figure it all out, I just wouldn't have the time these days. I think if anyone has the time, it's there's no experience quite like it, especially today. But uh, uh, unfortunately, I've got my memories, I think, and I think I'll still go back and replay Peru and probably struggle on the next level. But... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then I'll have that. I'll have the, my youngest one telling me that she wants to play Goat Simulator with me again. So I'd have to stop. Oof. <laughs> that's that's a calm down, mate. That was just Tomb Raider to Goat Simulator. That was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't played that myself. Um, although my wee girl likes to play Paw Patrol on the, the Series S. I didn't know it's... it was a Paw Patrol game. Oh, mate. Honestly. <laughs> Collect all the pup treats for a special reward. There's a golden paw print nearby. Collect the golden. Well done. You've got a golden paw print. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goat, my God. Goat Simulator is just weird, mate. Although I managed to blow up the earth earlier in it. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> Good weekend. All, yeah. <laughs> Sums it up, really, doesn't it? <laughs> Fuck it, button. <laughs> Fair enough, I guess. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know what was happening. I was, all I thought was, oh, we'll do the space level. I was like, okay. And you're like, just space like, level when I go to simulator? Yeah, well, there's two. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a zombie one, there's a payday one, there's a, and, a 
like a World of Warcraft one. There's two normal cities and there's this space one. It's got all references to <laughs> um, like crowdfunding and everything. You crowdfunding this site. And uh, I had to put a battery in a antenna and I put the battery antenna and it shot the earth and the earth it said it said, Oh dear, earth destroyed, sad face. <laughs> sad face. <laughs> what, is, what is this game? <laughs> my daughter loves it. But it's um if you look at my most played games on the on the Xbox, I think that's something like twenty six days. <laughs> uh, my my wee one keeps taking screenshots. <laughs> so basically my 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 timeline on my Xbox Live account man is just just Paw Patrol. <laughs> People sit going Forza Horizon 5 has just come out and this clown's playing Paw Patrol. <laughs> Sagaholic is a big Paw Patrol fan. <laughs> mate, I could sing the, the theme song word for word, mate, so don't push oh. me. <laughs> oh, uh, bye, Tomb Raider, mate. That's Tomb Raider. Well, <laughs> let's talk legacy. I mean, there was a sequel and it was going to come to the Saturn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Aye, it's, it's, a, it's a bitter one to swallow in a way. I mean, there's been a lot of kind of, you know, lies um, about the, the Saturn couldn't handle it. And I think that's even proven more so to be false, given the information you just said um, about maybe what, 20 minutes ago that, you know, the, the game... The first game didn't use VDP2, so perhaps Core, um, by the time they had started working on the second one, they may have been more comfortable or more used to the Saturn's architecture and would have perhaps utilised VDP2 um, to make Tomb Raider 2 possible. So the fact that the Saturn couldn't handle it technically, I think, is is rubbish. Um, Again... We've seen that the Saturn could handle water effects. We know the first level in Tomb Raider 2 is the Venice level. There's a lot of kind of jumping in and out of boats and going along canals and stuff like that. So it handled that way no problem at all. Um, so I, I don't think there was any issues in terms of you know technical ability there on behalf of the Saturn. It was just Sony being Sony. Um, game was coming to the Saturn and they just put their hand in their pocket and said to Core, here's a nice wee... Wada 20s, make it for us and us only, and unfortunately the, the rest is, is history. Yeah, uh, and I agree, mate. I mean, I think VDP2 could have really helped things, especially on that on that Venice level, from what I remember. I mean, if you set the the, the you know the floor of the water at the bottom as a, as an infinite 2D plane, I think the Saturn could have done that level in its sleep, so it's, it's a real shame. But it was, it was quite galling. To, to see all this stuff saying that the Saturn couldn't couldn't handle Tomb Raider two when you know we knew we knew that it could and you know when the truth came out I mean it's this been leaked now isn't it it's public knowledge and has been for years but Sony actually just paid for the exclusivity it was nothing to do with whether the Saturn could do it or not um, I think the the wording in the in the in the deal was something like it would come to the PlayStation and no other consoles. Whether there was like an N64 version, it was scrapped as well. Uh, who, who, no one will ever know, I guess. But um, yeah, it was, it was, it was gutting. I, I think it's another one of those things as well, mate. Where it wasn't helped by uh, the Saturn is not our future line from Bernie as well. If you're mm-hmm. core design and you're putting all this resource into developing this sequel to one of your biggest games, yep. you want it to be on on a platform that's got a future. And if Bernie's saying that, you know, that's just. just it, I know we keep saying it on this show, mate, but I think 
it did, it did the console no favors, and I think Tomb oh, Raider. If, if, so, if Sony are coming over with a bag of money and your core design, you're not going to say no when you, the, the, the 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 lead in Sega US has just come out and buried <laughs> the con- the other console that you're thinking of releasing on. I mean, I remember getting um, Tomb Raider two because I, I I picked it up because I knew I was getting a PlayStation one for my Christmas in '97, so. My mum gave me the money to buy Tomb Raider 2 for my Christmas and I pre-ordered it in Charlie's. I remember, I specifically remember going along to get it on my lunch break. I went to Annie's Land College um, and I was on the Hatfield campus. Anybody like Stewie who knows the, the area or, or my mate Sam, he'll, he'll know and you know the, the kind of area. But you were right on Great Western Road. So you were literally maybe five minutes on a bus or a 15-minute walk along Great Western Road and you were right at Byers Road um, and round into Charlie's. And it was before Charlie expanded his shop. So it was just a wee, that weekend, as I described it before, it was the old L-shaped bo- uh, shop and his cash desk was in the right-hand corner. It was an upside-down L and his shop, his um, cash desk was in the top right-hand corner and the Saturn games were in the kind of round to the left, the, the upside-down L shape. Um I remember I went in to the Corsi's Arcade and the crowd was ridiculous. Like, I, I literally remember handing my money, like, it was like crowd surfing with, like, 50 quid. Like, you had to pass your money over people to, to get it to, <laughs> to to the cash test and then Charlie literally passed you your copy back in a bag. Um, it was crazy, the, the hype for it, for Tomb Raider 2. Um, then, obviously, I took it home and didn't have a PlayStation to play on until <laughs> until Christmas. Sat in the top drawer in my mum's room until <laughs> until then. And even at that, it was. I remember booting it up, and I remember playing the Venice level, and it looked nice. Um, in fact, the first level in Tomb Raider Two is not the Venice one. The first level you start at the top of the castle, do you not? The only one I remember is Venice because I didn't play it until quite a while after. Venice is after what do you do? You start at the top of a castle. I'm sure ah, you start the top again and you go down. Is it the top of no, is it no, you slide down a a, a kind of grey, rocky ramp into a valley and you go down there's a pool of water on the right hand side and there's a tiger and you climb up and then as you go up through the kind of stages, you climb up like an old kind of rock face and then you come to the top and it's like an old kind of grey castle. So I think the Venice level is the second one. But regardless, it was like it didn't quite have it didn't have quite that impact. That it, it looked great, and you know the, the PlayStation was doing great things with 3D, and it was very polished looking um, compared to the first game. But it didn't quite have that same impactful feeling. And that's not me, the kind of little bitter Sega guy going, "Oh, so the PlayStation's always shit." Um, it's just a case of that. It just it didn't quite. It was nice and it looked great, and gameplay was was decent on it, but it didn't. It felt more dumbed down, I think, compared to the the Saturn game or even the first game in general. Yeah, I think the first thing that struck me is I can't remember how long after I played it, but it was I had a friend who had a PlayStation. Well, you know, all my friends have PlayStations. <laughs> I had a friend that had a PlayStation. Pick, pick a friend. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And uh, we used to rent uh, rent games from the local local video shop. And uh, Tomb Raider 2 was in there, so we got that and we brought it back. And I, I, I didn't 
gel with it that well. Uh, I mean, it plays the same, and as you say, it looks nice, but it lacks the mystique, the mysteriousness. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. you don't feel like you're you're entering some forgotten world that you know hidden by the hidden from time you're you're in venice which is yeah it's nice it's it's uh very oppressive you know but you don't it, straight away it felt like you as you say you're dumbing it down it's not quite tomb raider anymore you're it felt it felt more action-based it, it took away the indiana jones element it really did and uh i suppose that's that's kind of how <laughs> It's a sick. It's a signpost for how games of that type have kind of evolved in the in the last twenty years or so. Uh, it's, it's kind of Tomb Raider done it in fast forward, isn't it? It's straight away. It's gone, done things down, made it more action, trying to get that that mass market soon quicker. But um, yeah, I, I I didn't gel with it as much. Um, all I remember is that oh, that is that level in Venice with. Uh, I know we got quite far in it because it was a it was it was a fair bit easier than the first game from what I remember. Um, but, the uh, thing is, mate, all people remember about Tomb Raider 2 is the fact you could lock your butler in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's running about in a pair of joggies in her bra. She's <laughs> into the gym. Oh, I did a wee bit of work here, run up the stairs. Wee butler's following you, wee old man with a tray with his pot of tea on it. Yeah. And then she just locks me in the fridge. <laughs> Sick bitch. <laughs> That's it, isn't it? Tomb Raider 2's legacy is lock the butler in the fridge and there was a Venice level. That's that's all I that's all uh, I remember about it. Tomb Raider 1, action, adventure, puzzles, mystique, Indiana Jones style. Tomb Raider 2, lock your butler in the fridge. Go to Venice, ride a boat. <laughs> yeah. And then the there end. was the, the, it, I think the games came too quickly after that. I played the fir- I've got the third one on PlayStation and uh, I never liked the third one at all. No. I mean it has that fir- that opening level where you're sliding down that kind of the ravine and you have to get everything perfect and you end up dying about ten times. <laughs> this isn't fun. You know, even when games were punishing, like we were just saying, this wasn't enjoyable. <laughs> oh no, I, I even um the last revelation on on Dreamcast. I, I, could, I just don't know. I just could never never get on board with the later ones. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Um, and even the reboots. The reboots are, are gorgeous, but they're very influenced by Uncharted. You know, it's that yeah, kind of... I've, I've not played them. Uh, don't get me wrong. They're, they're lovely looking games and they, they play great. And it's, it's interesting to see Lara before she became the, the battle-hardened Tomb Raider that, that she is in the Saturn original um but i again it's it's very you know go up here climb this cut scene go down here you know qte event you know oh, we can get through some rapids water oh, go left go right avoid this avoid that press this button here to climb up there it's just it's very very influenced by uncharted it's it's almost like two Raider came out spawned all these copycats influenced uncharted uncharted then Influenced Tomb Raider. It's like, yeah, it's like Darth Vader. When I met you, I was but the learner. <laughs> now I am the master. <laughs> so yeah. it just went full circle. No, I, that's the impression I've got from playing. I mean, the first, the reboot game I've got on. I think I got it with Games with Gold on Xbox 360, and I bought it on a sale on PC for like a quid or something. And then I got it with Games in Gold on the Xbox One, and all three times I've gone right, I'll play this now. But I was just. <laughs> 
I've just never got round to it. Yeah, <laughs> again, I've bought them. I've got the three of them. I bought them all at sales. I've got Tomb Raider yeah. Definitive Edition. I've got Rise of the Tomb Raider Definitive Edition. And I've got Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I got them all. It's like on Xbox Digital Sale. It's like, oh, Square Enix Sale. 75% <laughs> off. Hmm. I'll buy that. Where's that went? In the backlog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I keep meaning to play through them. I, I hear I, people really sing their praises. Um, I'm not a big. I'm not the biggest Uncharted fan, to say the least. Um, so I, 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 I'm kind of cautious about approaching them. But I do, I do want to to try to at least try the modern remakes. Um, it is a shame though that they've moved so far from the original. And uh, and mate, we haven't even mentioned Angel of Darkness yet. <laughs> I mean, just to kind of quickly go back to that point there, but you're saying I would love to see them remake the first Tomb Raider with a modern engine, and don't tamper with any of it. Just remake it. Just take the level design, the puzzles, the combat, everything, and just put it in a modern engine. There was the Tomb Raider anniversary, wasn't there? We, mm. But that's more like, was um, it Tomb Raider Underworld and the, uh, the other one? I mean, it it's it's nice enough, um, and the atmosphere is still there in the original levels. Uh, it's obviously not quite the same because it's it's a lot more it's it's just a lot more modern. Um, but yeah, that that's worth a look if you've if you've not played that but it's fairly decent but i think mm. it doesn't still quite capture the uh the spirit of the original game i mean just imagine the shadow of the tomb raider visuals but with just the, the game design and the mechanics of the original game yeah just don't think... don't mess with it just lift it for 90 96 and drop it in 2021 and don't touch anything apart for the graphics i think it might be quite interesting to see See how that goes, but um, maybe maybe remasters of old games isn't the best thing because we've seen what's happened with the GTA trilogy recently. Oh, what a car crash that is! <laughs> <laughs> CD Projekt Red are jumping around celebrating. Yeah. Oh, I know we're going off on another tangent here talking about that, but uh, did you see where the rain doesn't go through the <laughs> doesn't go through water water objects? So you, uh, you, if it's raining, it rains on the inside. So if you're in the outs, if you're standing in a in a garage, <laughs> the rain's coming through the roof. But if you're looking out on a on a pond or a lake or something, the rain disappears behind the pond. <laughs> I've seen somebody put a video up. It's one of the challenges in the car. And then they had the kind of red checkpoints, and they can't see, they can't see for the rain. It's just, oh man, car crash. But Rockstar need to get their finger out and just stop messing about with this GTA Five. Yeah, it's like how many generations of consoles are going to come where GTA Five gets a release? I know, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, so last thing we've got on here, mate, is is just that the Saturn it birthed an icon. Um, and that's a little bit of a bitter pill to swallow when we look back at how the anniversary last month was celebrated. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yes, we had the the anniversary of a game that launched on Sega Saturn. It was the anniversary for the Sega Saturn version of that game, and everyone was celebrating the PlayStation version. Hi. Um, and it was the fact that it was a PlayStation, was it the, the PlayStation and the PlayStation UK accounts? Yeah, 
both put out on the 25th of October. Um, you know, congratulations, blah, blah, blah. 20, 25 years ago today, um, Tomb Raider made its way to police station. And I'm like, yeah. uh, no, yeah. <laughs> it is wrong. <laughs> Why are you rewriting history? It was the 14th of November that it came out. Um, and a lot of people, were, mean, both me and you, replied, um, obviously kind of setting the record straight. And I know it was only like three and a half weeks or whatever exclusivity, but I think as time passes, I don't think you can allow the narrative of gaming to be rewritten. Um, and people are going, "Ah, oh, well, it's ballpark, you know, it's 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 there or thereabouts." I mean, the game first appeared twenty five years ago today. I'm not on the platform that's that's champion. I mean, never somebody says ballpark. I, I had Pulp Fiction in my mind. Ain't no fucking ballpark neither. <laughs> it was like, you know. Um, I just don't see why. That's what I says, and I replied to him. I says you should put this one back in your drafts and bring it back out in the fourteenth. Well, yeah, you know, be- because they were recording. <laughs> aye, aye. It should I mean in terms of the US account, it should have went out today, because again, it might sound petty, right? But they they basically took the the first day the game appeared, and they've just taken it as their the anniversary of the game. But it wasn't on their platform on that day. That was the Saturn's anniversary. Theirs didn't come until the fourteenth of November. So, what I, I just again, it sounds petty, but you know, it was twenty second of November. It came out in the 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 UK on on PlayStation another week after that. So, you can't have this thing where just because you were the successful brand. Um, and the character became an icon or a mascot briefly before it returned to being multi-platform on consoles later on. You can't just take a date that it first appeared and just claim that as your own. That's that's bullshit. You can't do stuff like that. Um, and that, that's what's annoying. It just seems to be that this rewriting of narrative, and we've spoken about this in this show umpteen times, it's something that's dangerously you know, prevalent in retro gaming is that narratives are trying to be rewritten you know, whether it be Sonic R's crap, you know, despite the fact it scored highly in the day, um, or something like this, you know, in, in terms of the anniversary of a, of a game. Um, you've got to get that stuff right. And what even annoyed me even more was that um, Major Nelson, you know, Larry Herb, replied to PlayStation's account congratulating them. We congratulate it's not their game. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm like, and that, again, and I'm a big Xbox fan, right? Xbox is my my platform of choice, right? You've heard that OG Xbox 360 Elite, 360 Slim, Xbox Series S, right? That, that's that's what if it's not Sega, I'm playing on Xbox, right? But this is a, a brand and a company executives who, whether it's Major Nelson or Phil Spencer, who go on about respecting the, the history of our art form. That's a, the, they call it an art form. They talk about preserving the history of it. And sure, he might just have seen that tweet and just replied to it off the cuff. And he probably has just seen it and went, oh, congratulations, right? But, and he's not going to go on Wikipedia and go and check, oh, what did it come out in the Saturn? You know, but at the same time, on one hand, I don't think you can be talking about respecting the history of the art form and then join in in a kind of semi-hijacking of the anniversary of another system getting the game. 
So it might sound like a pure rant and it might sound petty to some people, but I just think I, I don't like facts being twisted. I don't like factual inaccuracy. Um, and just because you do see it so often, whether it be on Twitter, whether it be on YouTube, this retrospective rewriting of narratives to suit the way people want to view a certain game or system in the modern day is dangerous. And I think people just need to make sure that they get shit right. 100%, mate. If we're going to have any credibility in this in this industry and this hobby and this art form that we that we love, there has to be some accountability, there has to be some responsibility, and there has to be accuracy. And if we're going to respect the history, then history needs to be actually correct. Um, now, I know that we've both said, you know, we've written tweets about this, we spoke to people about this, and it does sound a little petty when you say, all right, well, we're arguing about the, the date that a game came out you know that it came out on the playstation first and people say that i don't think that this is any sort of clandestine attempt to to undermine the saturn and it probably isn't but there's a responsibility on the accounts involved so you're talking about you know major nelson you're talking about the official playstation account you're talking about the official playstation uk account uh, and all these other uh personalities that celebrated this and said that this is 25 years ago Today, on 25th of October, Lara Croft came to PlayStation when she actually didn't come to PlayStation that day. Now, we can say that it's small and it's not a big deal, but on one hand, you've got to make sure that the accuracy of our hobby is correctly documented. But on the other hand, there is something more dangerous and more malevolent going on here because you only have to look at the shadow of the Tomb Raider debacle where Sony fans were sending... Squaring uh, was sent in Eidos, Square Enix, Crystal Diamonds, whoever it was at the time, death threats because of the Xbox One exclusivity of that game, saying that it is a PlayStation brand. Now, distorting history in a way that it was done on October 25th completely empowers those people that believe that everything belongs to PlayStation. You know, that believe you know, <laughs> Solid Snake debuted on PlayStation, that Final Fantasy is a PlayStation brand. They seem to have this own, they believe that they have this ownership of third party games. And for someone, for massive accounts, huge influencers, you know, the, the official PlayStation's accounts have, have followers in the millions. For them to send out incorrect, unchecked information and embolden a, a fan base that is rabid, that is toxic and at times dangerous you know they're sending death threats to, to people it's just unacceptable and at the same time we are a sega podcast and you better believe that we are going to fight too for now to ensure that our systems the systems that we're fans of the company that we are a fan of and always that that raised us through gaming we're going to fight too for now to make sure that they get the respect they deserve yep that's exactly that'd be 100 agree with you totally um Great words there, um, and as it's, it's just about again, were they trying to deliberately write the Saturn out? Probably not. Um, and again, to some, it might sound petty, but you've got to get this stuff right because, as morbid as it sounds, we're all not going to be here forever. You know, the people that lived through these era, one day we'll we'll be, you know, memories just like these games. You know, so. While we are here, we've got to make sure that that history, and I've said it before on this, this show, 
at that time we didn't realise it as we were going from 2D to 3D, from cartridge to CD-ROM to DVD to Blu-ray, you know, all these kind of transitions that we've seen, you know, dial-up internet with a Dreamcast, Xbox Live, all these things that we've seen that were just, to us, technological jumps in the grand scheme of things. This is gaming history. It's the history of uh, an industry which has went from a toy in a bedroom to a multi-billion dollar industry. You know, so it's an entertainment medium and at the time we were lucky to grow up with these systems and watching all these things changing, but we were living history. We didn't know at the time, but we were living history and it's up to us as, did I use the word custodians? We were there, we lived it, we played it, we loved it. It's up to us who were there to make sure that that what happened is is put out there correctly. And I think it is important, but we've got to make sure that's done because it might sound like a small thing. But if that goes unchecked, all of a sudden, before you know it, that that what else are they going to, you know, rewrite? You've mentioned there Final Fantasy is a PlayStation brand. Saw the snake debuted on PlayStation. You know, you see these things. Sony did CD-ROM technology first. That's what I was going to mention, that CD-ROM one. Aye. People arguing that Sony Aye. launched the first CD-ROM-based console. You know what I mean? And it's if if you allow this stuff to go unchecked, then it's, it's you know, the, the old terminology was, it, you know, the, the Chinese whispers, you know, it's, it's, you just, as it gets passed on, you know, whisper after whisper, before you know it, it you get to the end of the chain, the way that it's told, is completely different to how it started. You just you, you have to make sure this stuff is being accurately recorded. And even if it isn't in the sake of three and a half weeks, for me, reading that tweet, it just looked like Sony have went twenty fifth of October. Uh, yeah, you know what? She was she was our our character, our mascot in that year or so. Aye, she first appeared on that date, so we're just gonna take it. And the tweet said 25 years ago today, Lara Croft first appeared on PlayStation, and that information is factually incorrect. And that's why both you and I felt we had to go out there and, and kind of correct it. And we took a bit of stick, um, which water off a duck's back to me, I don't really care. But it's as years and years go by and decades go by, and people look back, this stuff has to be recorded correctly. Absolutely, mate. Um, I mean, there was one tweet that I sent out in the end that, that actually caught quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of attention, and uh, I think overall, I think most people were supportive, and there was quite a fair few people on the official PlayStation account in the end correcting them, which is great. It wasn't just us, obviously. There's a lot more yeah. Sega fans yeah. out there. Which oh yeah, I've seen a fair few, a fair few people also kind of chipping in to correct them, which was great. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they didn't take the tweet down, correct it, reword it. I mean, who knows what they're going to do. But it, it, there hasn't been anything today on the official, <laughs> what is the official PlayStation debut of Tomb Raider. Um, maybe we should remind PlayStation UK of the uh, <laughs> launch, you know, when it's in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, 22nd of November. I'm, I'm actually, no, we'll just schedule a tweet. <laughs> Quote that one and just go, P.S., today is your birthday. Yeah, it's un- <laughs> unbelievable. Um, and yeah, you get people in there. People are saying, "Oh well, she was more synonymous with the Tomb Raider with the PlayStation brand." Well, it's only because you paid you paid millions of dollars for the um, for for the rights for the second and third games. You know, it's not because of any other reason other than that. So, 
it's just this view that to to victor the victors rewrite history and that's that's not on you know if you if you want this the gaming industry isn't console wars the gaming industry is the entertainment industry you wouldn't get you know anyone from mgm you know going to war with warner brothers or something over who invented the first sort of camera of, of some <laughs> you know it's, it's absolute nonsense you know and in in established industries you know the 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 peers respect each other and you know respect their history and it needs to be that and it, it's this the video game industry isn't a battleground it's, it's not as much as some people would like to think it is anyway, it's a battleground in that people are competing with each other but that's no different to the music industry that's no different to the film industry but similar to those we've got they've got to be peers and they've got to respect their history correctly it's not who the victor victor gets to rewrite history it shouldn't be that at all so yeah, it's all all frustrating, mate. But um, I know just I, I did I did laugh at one reply that I got to, to my tweet. Yeah. It was if uh, if Sega cared so much, then why haven't they put out a tweet today? Because it's not Sega's game, you clown. <laughs> that's the that's the point. It's not... Again, it's it's like the way there's no mention of. You know, congratulations, core design on twenty-five years anniversary of of Tomb Raider. It was twenty-five years ago today. Tomb Raider appeared on PlayStation. It's like almost trying to claim it as their game, uh, which is back to that thing that you were saying about that kind of claiming of a brand um, for themselves. So it's like Sega didn't put a tweet out because Sega didn't need to because it's not their game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and on and unlike PlayStation, Sega had numerous new IPs and franchises that they could claim as their own during that era. <laughs> um, it does feel like that uh, PlayStation fans are kind of desperate to hang on to uh, third-party mascots at that time, which uh, what is why Lara and Final Fantasy and Solid Snake and so many others are mean, the way they are. That's the thing. I mean, at one point, and if, again, if you grew up in that era, at one point... Tekken, Ridge Racer, Wipeout for a, a period, Resident Evil, Final Fantasy, um, you know, all, all these franchises, the only way to play them was to buy a PlayStation, but they've all now become multi-platform, so um, that's what made it even more bizarre. It's like Crash Bandicoot as well. Yeah, you know, it's like, aye. I mean, if you, if you start looking through franchises, big video gaming franchises, in the PS1 era, a lot of them were... PlayStation One exclusives, but slowly but surely they found their way on the other consoles. Um, but this, this kind—I of, mean, Lara Croft has and Tomb Raider has been, I would say, probably now because of that exclusivity that they had with Xbox and the fact that I, mean, I, I don't know—I just seem to see the, the the reboots as more being they are multi-platform, but I, I see them more as Xbox games. In a kind of weird way, I just I, I kind of I associate it more towards the the green team as opposed to to the PlayStation side, just because of the way that they've marketed it and they kind of had those those rights to it for that kind of period of time for the for the exclusivity. So, I it's, it's not it's not the mid nineties in terms of the only place you can get these brands is on PlayStation. They're everywhere: PC, Switch, you know, PlayStation, Xbox. Play it whenever you want. Some even mobile. Tomb Raider's on the N gauge for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, it was. You know, what I mean, the tortilla phone <laughs> has got Tomb Raider. So 
Shut it and stop trying to claim it for yourself, Sony. That's <laughs> so on the game, a Game Boy and everything. Game Boy Advance has got a port it as well. It has, yeah. Aye. Honest to Christ. But I think... Get your facts right. That's all we're saying. Just get your <laughs> facts right. Get your facts right. Uh, but, mate, I think that's a perfect place to leave it. Get your facts right. It's on everything now. It's on Xbox. It's on PC. It's on Switch. Is it on the Switch? I'm sure there's a version on the Switch. There'll be some kind of Tomb Raider, surely. If there's not, then I'll be shocked. But um, surely there's got to be some kind of legacy or some port of some kind. Would have thought so. It's on. It's on Game Boy, and it's it's on it's on everything. But let's not forget. No one should ever forget that Tomb Raider Lara Croft started on the Sun. Oh yes, (laughs) and we will never let you forget it for as long as it is breath in our bodies. (laughs) <laughs> the legend will never die oh, oh, right. oh wrong series <laughs> may any excuse to use that <laughs> welcome back to the stage of history <laughs> 1996 <laughs> Tomb Raider appeared on the Sega Saturn <laughs> I think mate it's time to turn it over to our listeners you guys can get in touch with us. You can catch me at Swooper underscore T. You can catch James at the Sagaholic. You can catch us both at Sega Guys. But until next time, stay Sega, stay retro. Cheers, guys. Thank you.